Hi, and welcome to the Marvelous Duo. Before we get started with this episode, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to Anthony and Thomas. Your mom let us know that you really like Marvel movies, and we just wanted to show you how cool we are, and also that your mom is cool. We are your hosts. you to say your name first. Oh, I'm Matt. And I'm Caitlin. Uh, last time we talked about Iron Man, so this time around we're going to talk about the next movie in the MCU. So that movie is The Incredible Hulk, which yes. was released in 2008 after Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Same year as Iron Man. Same just year, but after. later in the year. Yeah. I don't know, I don't think it's technically official, but I personally count this movie as being part of the MCU. There are tie-ins, connections, enough for it to count, I think. So, this is not an origin story. No. They do they do the origin of the Hulk in the beginning credits, which I think is really cool, because the Hulk is actually a Marvel superhero that has had a lot of coverage before, honestly. The opening credits of The Incredible Hulk, they are a remake of the... Hulk TV series intro. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, like, it kind of... It, it's a callback to that. There was the Ang Lee Hulk movie in 2004 that we're not going to talk about. So, I, I like that they went, you know what? People know the Hulk already. We're not going to have an origin story. They kind of really just pick up from the Ang Lee Hulk movie. Which is funny because I have never seen a Hulk movie before The Incredible Hulk. Say, saying I haven't seen it. I remember there was one Hulk movie where there was a dog. I don't remember what Hulk movie that was, and the only reason I remember it is because it scarred me as a child. Yeah, bad. And that was the only Hulk movie that I had even seen a snippet of, and that was the snippet I saw. So before this, um, the only thing I knew about the Hulk was that it was a doctor named Bruce Banner, and he got his powers through gamma radiation. He's, he's tormented by an accident. Like, it, it was an accident caused by an experiment involving gamma rays. And uh, now he's, he's haunted by it because he turns into the Hulk and he doesn't really know what to do about that. And in this movie, we have Edward Norton instead of Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Technically, we have Edward Norton instead of Eric Bana. Because if you, if you think of this as a continuation from... The Ang Lee Hulk, which some people do. I don't necessarily, but yeah, we've got Edward Norton before we had Mark Ruffalo. I actually found out recently that Mark Ruffalo was the director of this movie's first choice for the role. I don't know what happened that he didn't get it, but we ended up with Edward Norton, who personally, I think, is a very good actor for the role. I, I think he really encompasses Bruce Banner. Like, he kind of made the character his own, which is kind of an Edward Norton thing, because he does extensive rewrites of every movie that he's in, including this one, which is one of the main reasons that he was dropped. Having an actor that's like, no, I want to rewrite this story kind of makes... They they, they butted heads a lot. That's, that's kind of why we don't have Edward Norton after this. Personally... I think it would be cool to have seen him move on in the MCU, but I also really think that that Mark Ruffalo is the one that was able to make the character. Even though this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, some people view it as it isn't, but, I mean, it's still a Marvel movie. 
people constantly trash this movie. But this thing has 67% on Rotten Tomatoes and 70% audience score. And it's got an awesome cast. Like, Liv Tyler plays the main female lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we got Tim Roth, William Hurt, Liv Tyler, Edward Norton. Great cast. It's got all these awesome people, actors. Yeah. And it is seen as just such a bad movie. Just everyone in this movie is great. And it's it was kind of funny. I had gone into this re-watching with the mentality of, like, this wasn't a great movie. I don't remember it being very good. And we watched it, and I'm like... This is much better than I remembered. Like, this is actually a really good movie. It's it's a good superhero movie. Yeah. So, for those of you at home that maybe haven't watched The Incredible Hulk, just because it typically is not included in the list of movies, let's do a quick recap of what this movie entails. Because it most definitely is not an origin story. Bruce Banner and his partner, uh, Elizabeth Ross, who's played by Liv Tyler were scientists that were experimenting with gamma radiation and something happened, something went wrong, and Bruce was exposed. He was actually experimenting on himself. Great. We love when that happens. So smart. And then the Hulk happened, so I'm assuming he turned into the Hulk and killed some people? Destroyed a lab? Destroyed the lab. May have killed some of the lab assistants. It's a little unclear on that. It's actually, it's really interesting because not a lot of people know this just from watching this movie and it's not something that I included in my notes but you kind of find out from paying attention to a lot of underlying things Betty and Bruce thought that they were working on something I think to like cure illnesses and things they were looking into what gamma radiation could do they were doing it for Betty's father that we meet later on Thunderbolt Ross But what he was actually trying to get them to do was use gamma rays to imitate uh, super soldier serum. That we see in Captain America. That we see in Captain America, yes. The reason that Ross is hunting the Hulk is not because he's so destructive or uh, he's trying to save him or anything like that. He literally thinks that the experiment was a success and is trying to get information necessary to recreate what happened. He's still trying to make super soldiers. Uh, Bruce Banner has since fled to Brazil. One of the things that I thought was funny in one of the scenes is that he's learning Portuguese via Sesame Street. (laughs) Yes. So smart. So he's trying to control his anchor while he's there, and because of that we see several scenes where he's, you know, learning to control his body. He has a mentor that's teaching him how to... Kind of be mellow. He's got that heart rate monitor. He has somehow managed to get a job at a bottle factory. Make it like a place that bottles sodas. Where I guess kind of like the catalyst of this movie happens. He injures himself and his blood falls into one of the soda bottles. And his blood has gamma radiation in it. He thinks he gets all of the blood, but it actually like got into one of the bottles. And this is when the bottle that got sent out that had the blood in it, Stan Lee... His cameo in this movie. Yes. He was the one that drank the soda. Probably one of the earliest Stan Lee cameos in a movie. In that it's an early movie, but like very early in the movie, we get the Stan Lee cameo. We find out that Bruce is trying to cure himself. He's been communicating with this guy online called Mr. Blue, which is funny because he 
himself, his, like, tag is Mr. Green, lol. And they think that they found this flower that could potentially fix gamma radiation. Uh, they try it. It doesn't work. He ends up sending a blood sample to Mr. Blue. We find out that Emil Blonsky, who is a mercenary, essentially, has been hired by Ross to capture the Hulk alive. He's not really a mercenary. He's, uh, special ops for the Brits. And, like, he's on loan to Ross. So he's part of the military, just not our military. But yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah, from the moment you first meet him, like, Emil Blonsky is just a jerk. I mean, one, one of the first scenes he's in, he tranks a dog for no reason. Oh, that's true, yeah. Anyone who tranks a dog for no reason sucks. Yeah. And of course, you know, Emil Blonsky is successful in finding Bruce. They track him down. Uh, they end up tranking him, getting him. And this is actually one of the first times that the Hulk speaks... Like, because that's, like, a big thing in the current Marvel Cinematic Universe is for a lot of the movies starting off, when Bruce is in Hulk form, he doesn't speak, and then that becomes, like, a thing later on as he is saying, like, coherent sentences, and the Hulk is communicating. It's not Bruce communicating through the Hulk. It's the Hulk is a separate entity. Yeah, a a lot of the time the Hulk is depicted as, like, just this animal, and it's interesting because... Like, yeah, we, we hear him speak in this first fight scene. He says, leave me alone. Yeah. And it's it's kind of cool to show that, like, the, the Hulk is developing as well. Like, we see that he's really not a mindless animal. And we it's actually a theme that we see throughout the movie because he still cares for Betty, even in that form. is very protective of her. That's true. Also, I was wrong. They don't get him this time around. Like, he does escape from them. And he ends up... He wakes up in Guatemala from Brazil, where he was, and then he goes to Mexico. So, Bruce is doing some traveling during this movie. That's when it's kind of revealed that Bruce wasn't aware of the project that he was working on. The biotech force enhancement, which is essentially the super soldiers. Yeah. The possibility of making super soldiers with the Hulk's blood. Yeah, it is It is mentioned in there. Now, going back really quick to the, the that first fight scene, the flashbang shadow. Which is the first time that we actually see, like, the Hulk shape. is yeah. really cool. I like that they, they kind of, they keep the suspense of what he looks like going for a little while. We see the flashbang, and it's just, like, they tease him a lot until later on in the movie. And I think it's really cool that they do that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. We pick up with the Hulk in Mexico. He's trying to get to Elizabeth Ross. Well, first he's trying to get some stretchy pants. Yes, and then he's trying to get to Elizabeth Ross. And she's at Culver University. She's teaching. She is a professor there. And it's cool, when they get to the university, the security guy, when they first get there, it's Lou Ferrigno, who played Hulk in the TV show. Yes, he was He was the Hulk back when the Hulk was just this big guy. Because uh, Lou Ferrigno is a big guy. He's huge. Like, he even, really like, now that he's older... When they film this movie, he's still such a big dude. Yep. Also, something else. We see this guy that's uh, eating pizza in one of the scenes. Yes. Later on, and this is at a university, this is Peter Parker's teacher in the Spider-Man MCU, the newer movies. The movies with Tom Holland. Yeah. The, the actor that plays his teacher is the same actor that is the one that gets pizza in exchange for letting Bruce Banner in. And I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I believe there is a, a 
canon that it is the same character, not just the same actor. It is the same character. And basically, like, this was happening while he was still in, in school. school before he became a teacher. Because it is, it is several years later, like, in the MCU. So I personally think that it is the case. I think it's the same character. And I, I like that there are connections like that that may even have been accidental, but now they just work. Once Elizabeth and Bruce are reunited, there's a big thing. They're trying to find some data. Yeah, the, the data on the experiment, like the original data that was used for the experiment when he was first turned into the Hulk. Mm. They're trying to get that because he's trying to figure out a way of removing the Hulk. And when he goes to look for it, he can't find it. But Elizabeth saved it. She's like, even though it's been deleted off of their files, Elizabeth still had that data. We find out that the general gets, he gets a hold of that data. He develops a serum, a test serum to make super soldiers. He doesn't develop it like then. He has it developed. It is something that was made while they were trying to recreate the super, super soldier serum from Captain America. The general still has the serum lying around. It's not complete. So he uses that serum on Emil. They ended up fighting Bruce in the middle of like a camp, the college campus the quad. College campus, yep. Um, and he actually only turned into the Hulk when a military guy tackled Elizabeth. Like they were shooting stuff at him. He was able to control it, but as soon as one of those guys grabbed Elizabeth, he went Hulk. Yep. He hulked out. But it makes for a really cool scene in general because we get really cool shots of like the transition happening, and I think my favorite part of it is the hand on the glass that changes and cracks the glass. Yeah. I think it's a really, really cool way that they shot that. The fight scene, one thing about the fight scene is that I think it really shows that Blonsky is a great fighter, but a horrible soldier, because the general, like, orders him to back off, and he refuses. He just goes and gets all of the bones in his body broken, but I think it it's a good allusion to what happens later on. Like, he's always been a great fighter, and maybe at a time he was a great soldier, but he's not now. We also, there is a potential, after he hulks out, of course, he and mm -hmm. Elizabeth escape. And they're actually hiding in a cave. I don't know where they found a cave, but they found one. There's a potential Thor cameo that you mentioned. Please explain. Yeah, so dramatic rain is dramatic. And during that scene, while the, he is still the Hulk, he's, like, being very protective of Betty. And the thunder startles him, and he takes a rock and throws it at the storm. There is a, a again, a cannon. It's basically a head cannon for fans. But I guess on the Blu-ray of the film, if you pause it right when they show the storm, like, over the Hulk's shoulder or something like that... There is a possible shape of a person in the storm, like around the lightning, that would be Thor. It's, I don't think it's ever been confirmed, but it is another one of those headcanons that everyone has kind of accepted at this point, that like, yeah, Thor was on Earth. However, with the Thor movie, it doesn't quite make sense that that would be Thor. Because he hasn't been to Earth. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is the possible Thor cameo. In this movie. It's interesting to see the, the dynamic between Bruce and Betty. And the Hulk and Betty. Because Banner and the Hulk both are extremely protective of her in different ways. 
And I feel like the Hulk is just physically protective of her. And Banner is protective of her in that I think one of the reasons that he's trying to find the cure is so that he can be with her. Because he feels that as long as the Hulk is there in him, the way that he protects her is by being away from her. Next thing on my list is a comment that is made at one point where they talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. I think is actually mentioned as S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Be- yeah, because at the end of, of Iron Man, they've shortened it. The Hulk came out the same year, which meant that they were already... They already have these times. They already were working towards that universe. But we also, because of that, we also have a lot of things that could have been. Such as Samuel Stearns turning into leader. Because they go, like, they're able to get the data. They're able to run. And they go to New York, which is where Samuel Stearns is. That is... Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue. He's able to, he's been able to use the blood sample that he got from Bruce and has been able to come up with a serum. But he's also made, he's synthesized more samples of the blood. Which, when Bruce finds out about, is very upset. (laughs) Yes, because he knows that his blood can A, be used by Ross to make another serum, and B, just potentially cause problems. Which it does when some of it gets on Stearns, which is, you know, in the comics, Samuel Stearns is leader, a extremely uh, intelligent supervillain who fights the Hulk and who got his powers from gamma radiation. Which they didn't really explain, they didn't expand upon that in this movie. We just see Samuel Stearns get some of the Hulk's blood on him and then his head grows really big. And that's really all. We'd like, he doesn't play any major role other than turning Emil Blonsky into Abomination. Yes. Yeah, the the combination of the serum that Blonsky got from Ross, and then the serums that Stearns injects him with, because Blonsky at this point is like, yeah, I like the, the power, I like the feeling that this thing has given me, and I want more of it. He's very much a, I just want all of the power. He wants to be the best. He's willing to turn himself into an abomination just to be the best. Right. And then, of course, you know, big battle happens, big fight. The Hulk wins. Yay. Yeah, have, have you ever been so mad that you made your own boxing gloves out of a police car? No. Because uh, that happens in this fight. It was a cool fight, man. I it was it. it was a good one. And then, of course, you know, at the very end of the movie, we, we fast forward a month after Abomination and the Hulk have fought to British Columbia, where Bruce is. And at the end, Tony Stark walks into a bar. That's like the setup for a really bad joke. Tony Stark walks into a bar. Yeah, instead of, the, of a setup for a really bad joke, though, it ends up being the setup for one of the best cinematic universes of ever. Right. Tony Stark walks into a bar to talk to General Ross mm-hmm. um, and lets him know that they're putting a team together. Yeah, which is another one of those things that ended up getting changed because in Iron Man 2, uh, it basically becomes revealed that, yeah, Nick Fury came to Tony and was talking to him about the Avenger Initiative, but then decided that he's too headstrong, he's too cocky, and doesn't want him on the team. But then we have this in The Incredible Hulk where Tony's like, yeah, so we're putting together a team. So there's kind of a little bit of a disconnect even between back-to-back movies. So these these early movies kind of have some continuity issues, 
I think it's gotten to the point that everyone's just kind of ignored the continuity issues. Whereas now, Marvel could crank out as many movies as they want and say that it's canon because they have a freaking empire. But when they were just starting, they didn't know if they were going to get another movie. Yeah, they, they had no idea what was going to happen. They were throwing it out there and hoping for the best. And the best happened, and now they have Kevin Feige to stand there and be like, okay, this is, this is what we're going to do, this is the continuity. And I think it's really smart to have one person heading it up. They have different directors knocking out different movies, different styles, and it's great because all of these comic books have their own different styles. They've always been written by different people. And so having different directors put their different spins on even different movies for the same heroes, it's keeping it fresh. But they've also got Feige up at the top going, all right, when you direct this, these are some things that you need to do. And they're keeping it together like that. Yeah. So, what would you rate this movie as a, just a normal movie? I think even though I liked it more than I remembered, I also know that it is not overly great. A lot of people don't like it. Going back and watching it again, I can kind of see why. It was an okay movie. It's an okay movie. It's better than I remember it being, but I think still just as a movie overall, it's really just okay. So I think I'd give it a four. That is Less generous than I'm going to be, because I was going to give it a five. Okay, so like 4.5? Yeah, as just a normal movie. And then as a superhero movie... As a superhero movie, I think the Hulk as a whole is a difficult superhero to have a movie about. Because, I think in this movie especially, can you count him as a superhero? I think you can count him as a hero, and he is super. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, what does he do that makes him a hero? The only real thing in this movie that... uh, The only real part that we get superhero Hulk is the end fight. When he's fighting Abomination. When he's fighting Abomination, because it is a selfless act by Banner that causes that to happen. Because Banner's, like, in captivity by Ross... And they see that Abomination is going, and Banner's like, I've got to fight him. He doesn't even know if he's going to Hulk out or not at this point, because he's got stern serum in him. It stopped him from transforming. He doesn't know if he'll ever be be able to transform again. But he does transform. But he does. That entire scene is the Hulk fighting Abomination to protect people. That That is his superhero moment. The rest of the movie is actually him trying to get rid of his powers. So what would you rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? Scale of 1 to 10 as a superhero movie. Like a 6 or a 7? That's what I was thinking. 6.5? Yeah. Because it's it's good. It's better than I remember. The special effects are amazing for the time that it came out. Like I did not remember it being that, that good. So as a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. just I, I think what you were saying earlier, continuity... Yeah. Like, it doesn't mesh, it doesn't vibe with the rest of the MCU. Right. You've got problems like a different actor playing the main character yeah. than, than does later on. Which is tough for any movie. It, it is, yeah. Marvel's had issues with uh, with different actors playing different parts before. Like, Rhodey. I mean, when we do Iron Man 2, it's a different actor. 
but having it be the main character of this movie. That's tough. It is It is tough. It's tough for fans to get behind. Yeah. That would be like changing Tony Stark in the second Iron Man movie, which I can't even think of someone that could play Tony Stark as well as Robert Downey Jr. Benedict Cumberbatch. No. Incorrect. No, I'm going to stand by that. I think he could. No. At, at this point, I think that uh, Robert Downey Jr. encompassed the part so much that... That he is Iron Man. He is Iron Man, yeah. And knowing everything that, that went wrong with it, like, I like this movie. I'm not saying that there are things about the movie itself that are wrong. Honestly, like, if I were to watch it and rate it, there's not much that I would mark it down for. I like this movie a lot more than I remember liking it. But, yeah, continuity is probably one of the biggest issues with it. And one of the things about the MCU at this point is the continuity of it. But, yeah, um, it was a it was a good movie. I just didn't like the lack of continuity with the other movies, and it felt like it was out of place. Which is probably why people don't include it in their list of Marvel movies when they're re-watching all of them. Yeah, it does, it does feel out of place. Personally... I include it every time. I I refuse to drop it out because it may feel out of place, but it is still a part of, of what made the MCU what it is today. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Just small things. Like, I think the best way to put out a fire is with a Hulk clap. Yeah? Because that, that happens in the last, uh, that last fight scene. He just... Puts out a fire by clapping really hard. Oh, and then the wind from yeah, the his clap. Yeah, the wind puts out the fire. Like, that is... Only you can prevent forest fires, but only the Hulk can stop them with a clap. And I love the fact that the Hulk does not speak much in this movie, but they still included Hulk smash. Like, the most iconic Hulk line. They still got it in there. I love that they do callbacks to the comics like that. A lot. Throughout the entire MCU... Anything else? I don't think so. No. Nope. How about you? What did, what did you think of it from the? I know nothing about comic books. I thought it was good. Point. I wish, I wish, I had watched the Hulk before I watched this. I feel like that it would have added a different depth of dynamic between Bruce Banner and Elizabeth Ross' relationship, and also understanding what happened, like before this. And, like, knowing more about their experiment with gamma radiation. Because that's the part that I find interesting. Is how he became the Hulk. Like, the scenario where he was in a lab experimenting and then turned into the Hulk. I think that's my most... That's very fascinating to me. From a science perspective. Just from someone who loves science and has a degree in biology. I think that's where we're going to end it. Okay. This episode, talking about The Incredible Hulk. Yes, a a movie that should not have been pushed to the wayside, and unfortunately was. Right. Still a good movie. Still you should definitely watch it if you have not. So much better than I remembered, and really glad that, that we watched it. <laughs> we also wanted to give a special thanks to Mikhail Burel. I'm, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I think it's Mikhail. Regardless of how your name is pronounced, thank you so much for allowing us to use the audio or the intro and outro music for the podcast. All of his stuff is going to be linked in pretty much every description that we have. There's a link to his YouTube channel. I'm trying just to give him credit as much as we can. 
If you do use social media, you can follow us at The Marvelous Duo on Instagram and Twitter. We post updates about when we're going to upload episodes, mainly on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, we don't have any other social media. And we are updating these bi-weekly, uh, so our next episode, we will come back on February 28th, and we will be discussing Iron Man 2. So, thank you guys so much for listening. The support for this has been crazy overwhelming. We don't pay to advertise this at all. It really is by word of mouth, and just by sharing it with your friends. Alright, so we're going to leave you guys there. Thanks so much for listening, and you guys... Stay marvelous.